Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, May 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Many governments are easing lockdowns with plans that rely on mass testing. But one biotech chief executive told the FT that the demand for tests will far outweigh what's available. Plus, the new chief executive of BP says the pandemic may have ushered in peak oil demand. And the businesses behind senior living homes are struggling as residents remain vulnerable to the virus. And the FT's motor industry correspondent, Peter Campbell, explains why fewer bookings is not the only reason car hire companies are hurting. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. In the past few days, we've seen areas hit hard by coronavirus unveil plans to reopen. On Sunday, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson abandoned his stay-at-home message as he set out a three-stage plan, one that many felt left questions unanswered to get Britain back to work. We must stay alert. We must continue to control the virus and save lives. Meanwhile, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said yesterday that the state that was once the global epicenter of the pandemic is ready to start phased reopenings. A key component for both of these plans is testing. Mr. Johnson said Britain would need a, quote, world-beating system for testing potential victims. But the chief executive of the Italian biotech company, Diasorin, says that mass testing central to lockdown exit plans in many countries is unrealistic. Diasorin sells COVID-19 diagnostic and antibody tests. Chief Executive Carlo Rosa told the FT that the high costs and the lack of production capacity for these tests will make it difficult for reopenings to go according to plan. He said that the demand far exceeded supply, and that the percentage of people who had contracted the virus globally was too low to hope for mass immunity as another way out of restrictive lockdown measures. Diasorin has won contracts with Belgium, Germany, and Israel to provide testing kits. It's one of the few companies that's received emergency authorization by the U.S. drug regulator to sell these tests. The diagnostic tests, as they currently are, require a throat or nose swab. Antibody tests can tell if a person has already had the disease. Those require a blood sample. Diasorin is trying to develop a faster and cheaper salivary swab test. Mr. Rosa said the future of testing needs to be rapid and should be carried out locally without the need for complex hospital and laboratory facilities. It might seem hard to believe, but last year, oil demand hit about 100 million barrels a day. Since the pandemic started and travel bans and lockdowns went into effect, that pre-crisis consumption level has dropped by a third. And now, the new head of BP, Bernard Looney, says the coronavirus hit to crude consumption is likely to endure beyond the pandemic. The chief executive took his post back in February with the task of overhauling the oil group's business model. He told the FT the COVID-19 crisis was only, quote, adding to the challenges of oil in the years ahead. Mr. Looney noted that the work-at-home culture could continue even after lockdowns are lifted, which would cut the need for travel and cut the need for oil. It's a stark contrast to what the oil industry had anticipated just a few months ago. Last year, BP said it saw demand growing over the next decade before leveling off in the 2030s. But over the last couple of months, we've seen oil prices plummet. West Texas Intermediate dipped into negative territory, and OPEC countries agreed to a historic production cut of 10 million barrels a day. Yesterday, Saudi Arabia said it would cut an additional million barrels daily, starting in June.
Over the past few years, investors have been rushing into senior housing. Why? Well, for one, as baby boomers got older, there were millions of new customers. Plus, plenty of cheap capital made it harder for traditional real estate developers to find returns elsewhere. But soon after coronavirus spread in Europe and the U.S., we learned that senior living homes were especially vulnerable to the virus. The New York Times found that senior care residents and staff make up about a third of the virus-related deaths in the U.S. Nursing homes pack large numbers of vulnerable residents together. These residents are taken care of by low-paid workers, many of whom take public transportation to work. And as a result of the pandemic, the senior business has gotten more challenging, and the private equity groups and small investors are seeing their roles evolve beyond basic landlords. They're facing rising expenses to clear and disinfect properties, provide protective equipment, and reinforce staff. And many want out. Take Brookdale Senior Living, for instance. It's a real estate investment trust and the largest senior housing chain in the U.S. In mid-February, its shares were valued at $8 apiece. This week, they fell to just under 3 Shares in one of its competitors cut in half over the same period. To add to the financial strain, some care homes are facing reputational damage and regulatory scrutiny over their response to the pandemic. And there are concerns the sector will struggle after the pandemic, too. The crisis has created such a poor economic situation that some executives worry these facilities will be too expensive for potential tenants and their families. Much like the rest of the travel industry, rental car companies are struggling. Hertz, for instance, keeps putting off the payments that were due to its lenders and has until later in May to make good on them. But it's not just a lack of bookings that's hurting the company. As our motor industry correspondent Peter Campbell explains, it has a lot to do with how companies like Hertz and Avis own their cars and something called an at-risk model. So... The car companies, the car hire companies will now buy their cars outright from the manufacturer and they hold them for, uh, you know, maybe nine months or 12 months. And then they will sell them themselves on the open market or through auction houses or through other channels. And during the time that they hold them, they have to account for the depreciation and the value of those cars. And so they package them up into a big asset-backed security and they have to make payments on this and they have to calculate how fast they think the cars will depreciate in value. So if the values drop faster than expected, then at the end of the quarter, they have to put up additional collateral into the asset-backed security in order to cover the fallen value of those vehicles. And so this really, I think, is one of the things that has caused companies over in the US such pain is that there has been a very sharp and sudden fall in used car prices in April. And that leads both of those companies to face the potential at the end of the quarter for some very, very large payments on those vehicles. Mm, that's really interesting. I didn't really know the business model for Hertz and Avis. But it, it's different, if I understand it correctly, it's different in Europe. So uh, Peter, what's the situation there? So in Europe, and particularly with the company Europecar, they are still very heavily reliant on the buyback model. More than 90% of their fleet is done through that, which is where uh, a rental company will take cars from a manufacturer with an agreement that the car manufacturer will buy those models back at a certain date at a certain price. And this protects uh, all of the higher companies from 
uh, a sudden sharp fall in used car prices. Now, the reason originally that Hertz and Avis moved away from this was that the biggest player in the market, which is enterprise, has always historically been 100% at risk. So it's always owned its own cars and sold its own cars. And so that is the reason Hertz and Avis started to move away because they tried to emulate enterprise. Whereas Europe Car has stuck to the buyback model. And as a result, it's tied into these manufacturer contracts. But that means it is protected from a significant drop in used car values. And that has actually helped the company over the last few months. Obviously, it's still early days for the sector, but we're just coming into the peak months of car rental. All of the companies across the sector have had to raise money or have warned about problems they're having. But Eurocar actually had to raise the least money out of all the businesses across the sector. And Peter, are there any bright spots in the industry right now? Uh, yes, that's right. There have been some bright spots across the industry. We've seen Zipcar, which is a slightly different model. Uh, they can share some cars that are across the city. They've actually launched a dedicated Zipcar service where people get exclusive access to a vehicle for a number of days. And they've seen that being tremendously popular with people because ultimately people who still have to go to work, whether it's supermarket workers, whether it's hospital workers, still need to get into work and are naturally and understandably incredibly reluctant to use public transport. And so actually one thing that you are likely to see in the coming weeks as people do start to go back to work and and need ways of getting around is people trying to get access to private vehicles through the lowest possible means of access, the cheapest way and easiest way of getting access to those cars. Maybe that'll be hiring cars. Maybe that'll be using services such as Zipcar or other subscription services, or maybe even buying a cheap used car. But it's likely, certainly in the short term, that demand for access to cheap cars is going to go up while demand for public transport goes down. And definitely for some of the players across the rental sector, that could prove to be a rare bright spot when most of their normal income stream has almost completely stopped. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Before we go, we want to let you know about a deal we have going on. In order to help you navigate the uncertainty of the global economy in the coronavirus era, the FT has a special offer for one of our best new resources, the Coronavirus Business Update Newsletter. Visit ft.com slash newsbriefingcovid to get free access for 30 days to the Coronavirus Business Update. It's a level-headed expert email briefing on how the pandemic is affecting global markets, business, and workplaces. Just go to ft.com slash newsbriefingcovid. 